Hello? Oh, is this thing on? Oh, we're live? Oh, hey guys. It's Justin from the Pigskin Chance Podcast. I just want to welcome you guys to a brand new fantasy football podcast with your host, myself, and my buddy, Derek. And we're really excited to get this thing off the ground. We hope you guys enjoy this all this content that we got coming for you. And now, the very first episode of the Pigskin Chance Podcast. Hope you all enjoy. Get ready. We're turning it up. Get ready. Get ready. We're turning it up. That's right, guys. We are turning it up here on the Pigskin Chance Podcast, a brand new fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at pigskin underscore Jay Gonzo. Sitting across from me is my best friend, Derek Bordeaux. You can find him at pigskin underscore D-Rock. Uh, Derek, man, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Super excited to get this started. We've been working on this for a long time. Let's jump into it, man. Yes, sir, man. We, you know took us a little while we you know we started out as a as our league podcast and we're gonna try to bring this out and turn some chumps into champs right hell yeah let's do it man let's get some people some championships all right we today on the show we are going to highlight the nfl draft kind of give our little reactions of everything that happened and give you a little sneak peek into our initial rookie rankings but first let's talk some news All right, so, I mean, there's no question the draft just ended. Um, but, I mean, we'll get into some of that. So we'll obviously get into that in a second. The big thing that happened this week is May 3rd was the deadline for teams to exercise the fifth-year option on on some of their players. Uh, the guy's still sitting on their rookie deals. Uh, here are the, the fantasy-relevant players whose option were picked up, okay? And it's not going to seem shocking to these to hear these names. You got Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield as the quarterbacks, right? DJ Moore, Saquon Barkley, and Calvin Ridley. All those players, their fifth-year option was picked up. Now, to me, I'm sitting here looking at that list, and you, the guys that are I expect to get extensions would be Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and then I would throw Calvin Ridley in there as well. Those guys played well enough to deserve, you know, Big time extensions, and I think they're going to get it. You don't think DJ Moore deserves to get an extension? Here's where I'm going to go with DJ Moore. Okay, I have DJ Moore right now. I'm expecting him and Saquon to get the franchise tag next season. Now I say that because the Panthers did draft another receiver, Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU, and DJ Moore. He's been good, but he hasn't been like. He hasn't officially like broken out yet. You know, he's still he's he's like right there. He's so close to breaking out. And maybe he does it with Sam Darnold, maybe he doesn't. That's why I'm saying I don't think they're guaranteed gonna lock him up for a long term deal. So this is the only thing that I'll say about DJ Moore going into this twenty twenty one NFL season is if they're projecting DJ Moore to be a slot receiver and have Terrace Marshall be the outside guy, which is what I've heard from a couple, you know, sources that I've read, then it's about to be 
all it's just about to be sky's the limit for DJ Moore. I don't disagree. Sam Darnold, look at what J- Jamison Crowder did in New York with Sam Darnold, like on a very, very bad team. Like I think that DJ Moore, if he's in the slot, I think whoever's in the slot in Carolina, I think is their number one guy. Yeah. I mean, I he feel. was still a top 30 wide receiver last year. Yeah. With some pretty rough. I mean, Teddy wasn't that great. So, I mean, hey. He could get. He could earn himself an extension this year. I mean, that's that's why they picked up the option so they can see they want to wait another year before they give him an extension. I don't know. I'm just not very optimistic. I think it's going to be franchise tag for him, especially since you know you look at this year's free agent class at wide receiver. Like there wasn't a big market for some of these guys. I just feel like that trend is going to continue, and he may get the franchise tag. And I think the same can be said about Saquon Barkley. Like he's been hurt most of his career. He hasn't finished a season yet. So. Is he worth that long-term contract extension? Like, can he stay on the field? Like, if he stays on the field this year, I think he gets paid. But what, is he worth that money, too? That's the thing. Like, well, I think Saquon he, is. I think Saquon. Yes. DJ Moore. Like, franchise tag, they, they get paid a lot of money on a franchise tag. Yeah, but it know? would be, at least on the franchise tag, they're not locked into the guy for no, multiple years. Yeah. So, okay. And then... uh I'm really not sure how I feel about Sam Darnold getting an extension. I'm really not sure how I feel about it because the Carolina Panthers were in serious discussions and and, and they were part of big time rumors about getting Deshaun Watson, right? They were pushing hard to get to it's try to trade happen. for it. Maybe it, it's not going to happen right now, but what if he gets cleared and is now available next offseason to be traded? And Carolina feels some type of way about Deshaun Watson, and they go in and they acquire him. I don't think Sam Darnold is going to be. Now, I've never been a Sam Darnold guy, so I guess I'm just biased. I don't really believe that he's worthy of an extension. We'll see. I mean, he gets a new opportunity with Joe Brady as the as the offensive coordinator. When the Adam Gase, you know, spirit is lifted from you, and you're no longer tied to that ball and chain, crazy things happen, bro. All right, hey. I think I think Sam Darnold is about to be. I'm not saying he's about to be this, you know, top ten guy, but I can definitely see, you know, Sam Darnold in a place where, dude, he's still throwing a Christian McCaffrey. Like, you, all those dump ball passes are gonna get you fantasy relevant yeah. relevant points. You know, I, I agree. All those passing TDs that you're giving to Christian McCaffrey, where he's taking it, you know, ten easy 15, throws. Yeah, easy, those easy throws. It's still going to be fantasy relevant. Like, and I think Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator is good for Sam Darnold. For sure. For it's sure. good for Sam Darnold. He's got some playmakers around him. Let's see what he does with it. Yeah. If he doesn't produce in this situation with this offense, I, I, I just don't I just don't see him being a starting quarterback pass this year if he, if, if this is the case. Because your, your point about getting out from the Adam Gase spell or whatever you got, whatever he had in New York, it, I think, it's either going to be... I think it was just a drug cloud. That man always looked high. I think everybody <laughs> had got contact. Yeah. Whatever is going on over there, because, oh my goodness. I'm just glad Adam Gase is, out, is not coaching Jesus. Right now. All right, so then the fantasy-relevant players whose options were not picked up. Now, I say fantasy-relevant with... I use that term kind of loosely because the three guys on here are not fantasy-relevant, but, I mean, they're offensive skill players. Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny, and Hayden Hurst. Options were declined by their teams. Sony Michelle often injured. Rashad Penny often injured. Hayden Hurst, meh. 
Aiden Aiden Hurst is it's now Kyle Pitts, but sorry. oh for sure for sure hundred percent that that's the only reason his option didn't get picked up. Yep. is they they fell Kyle Pitts fell into the like Monday morning yeah, they were like yeah we're not you, picking up your option you, we got sorry, Kyle but. Pitts. Sony Michelle they just drafted another uh, running back as well in the draft. So yeah, I and, don't, and he's I don't never expect. been Sony Michelle has he was he was good for a small stretch of time. Yeah, but. They don't. I mean, it's not the same offense. I mean, he's just not as explosive. They as might he was. bring back the same offense now because I feel really feel like they're about to restructure what worked for them back when they had Tom Brady, who wasn't that mobile of a person. Yeah, they got Mac Jones, who's similar to that style, and they just got him two tight ends. Like I, well, I have a feeling this is about to go back. To even that. if it goes back to that, they've New England has never been a team that commits to one guy. Oh no, I'm not talking about running back. I'm just talking about like. They exactly. Um, they're not gonna use anybody, and yeah. they just drafted another guy. Like this so, guy they, so is... they so they take Ramondre Stevenson, right? And then they still have Damian Harris. They still have Sony. Like they they still have the same guys, pretty much that they did last year. They they re-signed James White. Like they have all these guys. Like I don't want any uh, running back in, in New England. Nope. So not and then Rashad part. Penny couldn't beat out Chris Carson, who was what a six round pick. Yep. And Rashad Penny was a first round pick. So um Rashad Penny's turning out to be a huge bust. Okay. All right. So the next bit of news we got, and this is about Joe Mixon, man. I don't know if you're excited about Joe Mixon or not, Dude, but Bengals, super excited. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan said Joe Mixon is set to be the three down back after the release of Gio Bernard. Stay healthy, my dude. Please. Please stay healthy because you are Please. one hell of a beast. If I can, if we can get Joe Mixon to be on the field for all three downs, oh my goodness! Yes, like sign me sign up, sign me up all the way. And uh, Justin, I hope I draft before you in all of our drafts this year. No, not gonna happen. But we like a lot of the same guys, and it's very frustrating. Rightfully so. That's why we're on this podcast, man. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news we got: Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton is quote doing terrific in his rehab from a torn ACL, according to the Denver Post, which is great that he's doing terrific. Stud wide receiver. Hopefully he gets on. Everything's field. great except they still have Drew Locke under center. Yeah, and uh, you know, and if I swear on everything, if they somehow land Aaron Rodgers, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a, it. That's like the biggest rumor thing. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I don't know what's actually going on with all that, but I feel like it's a, it's, <sighs> it's 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 pretty much like any draft story you can think of. I think it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors right but now. But this is the third quarterback this year, third high fi- high profile quarterback that has been on the trade market, like rumored to be on the trade market. Like we had Deshaun Watson, then we had Russell Wilson, and then we had Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, the Russell Wilson one almost happened, and apparently the uh, Aaron Rodgers one almost happened, but it just got nipped in the butt. Like yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's I, about to be nuts, man. If Denver can somehow fleece the Packers into giving them Aaron Rodgers, like how can you not have Denver in your top I, four teams in the AFC? Super Bowl contender. Yeah, top Super, four teams in the AFC. Easy. easy. That defense is 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 elite. They could have, you imagine Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers dueling it out for the oh that'd be division? great. That would like, be absolutely great. Oh my god. That would be incredible. It's it would be everything that uh as a Bucks fan that I wanted the Tom Brady versus Drew Brees last year. It just it, it it's unfortunate that Drew Brees retired and we don't get to see that matchup twice a year. But that would be an incredible matchup, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. So 
All right, well, that's it for news and notes. Let's talk some draft. And with the first pick, oh no, we're not doing that. <laughs> All right, we are going to get into some draft reaction, guys. Uh, Derek, I want to know from you, man, what was the best draft fantasy wise? So, our whole idea of this whole segment is we're talking fan- like fantasy, which team improved their fantasy situation the most, right? To me, that's San Francisco. Okay. They traded from 12 to 3. Right, they gave up a couple first round picks to move up to three to get a quarterback. Right, everyone was like, "Oh, it's gonna be Mac Jones. Oh, it's gonna be I thought it was gonna be Justin Fields. Oh, it's gonna be you know whoever. What put insert any quarterback name? Somebody was mocking that quarterback to the Niners. Right, I didn't see a lot of Trey Lance until like the day, like two days before. Right, so the Niners drafting Trey Lance at three, and I'm only gonna highlight the other two offensive players they took. Uh, 48th overall, they took guard Aaron Banks. And then 88th overall, they took running back Trey Sermon. Now, you think about the 49ers. They have a really good defense. They've got Brandon Ayuk as a second-year player. They've got Debo Samuel, who, when healthy, is one of the better wide receivers in the league. They got arguably could be the best tight end in the league if, if Kelsey starts to fall off in George Kittle. And then... You know, they always use this running back by committee approach, which I think they shed the bad running backs that they had on their team, and they still they kept Raheem Mostert. They kept um, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Those two guys have been, were, were actually pretty good in spots last year, but neither one of them stayed healthy. But yeah, the addition the... of a running quarterback is going to take this offense to the next level, and I think if they can somehow figure out how to get some value from Jimmy G by, by trading him away, maybe getting some draft picks back, they're not going to get the amount of first rounds they gave up to go up to three, but if they can get some draft capital back for Jimmy G, I think that would be advantageous to them moving forward. But adding a running quarterback is what's got me most excited about the 49ers. Okay. They're already an elite running team. Now you add that extra dimension of the running game with Trey Lance. Okay. You know, defenses were not accounting for Jimmy Garoppolo in the running game. They weren't, they weren't worried about Nick Mullins on a quarterback power run. They weren't worried about that. Like those quarterbacks were not a factor in the running game. Now you add in Trey Lance, who let's just talk his college rushing numbers. Okay. Now, just for context, he only played one game in 2020. Okay. But he played a full 16 in 2019. His, this was his rushing line in 2019, 169 carries, 1100 yards and 14 touchdowns in 16 games. The one game he played in 2020, 15 carries, 143 yards, and two touchdowns. The dude can run the ball, okay? So with Kyle Shanahan calling the plays and designing this offense, like when you watch this offense, it's super creative. They're off, they're, they, they run the ball very well. They added, didn't they add Trent Williams as their left tackle? And now they, get, they added Aaron Banks as, as a guard. Their offensive line is going to be better. They got the best fullback in the league they got one of the best run blocking tight ends in the league like this offense is going to be it, this offense is like was a dogecoin the, the spaceship to the freaking moon <laughs> it's going to be crazy so now let's focus on ball carriers let me ask you a question though, real quick shoot are you worried about him not starting week year one is this more of an outlook to like 2022 or are you having feelings like this is going to be this year Okay, so there is, I will concede that there's a realistic chance 
that Jimmy G starts, let's say, eight games, right? I, I would say that I would say that's a realistic possibility, right? Do I think that he's a starter the whole season? Absolutely not. There's no way. They already know who Jimmy G is. If they they must feel like they are close enough. Two of their top four picks were a quarter a new quarterback and a new running back. Like you don't just make those picks if you don't feel like your roster is ready to compete. And I think Trey Lance just adds that extra dimension to that to that offense that I don't know if they can afford to let Trey Lance sit that long. Like I don't think they can afford to let him sit for a whole year. So to me, I think if it was me, if I was running the franchise, if I'm John Lynch and I'm sitting there running the franchise, or if I'm Kyle Shanahan making making decisions like that, I'm trying to trade Jimmy G to anybody who wants to take him, and then I'm starting Trey Lance week one. Now, you can start him. You can kind of go like the Ravens did with that Baltimore attack where they leaned on his rushing ability early and then let him develop as a passer. Now, we haven't seen... Lamar Jackson really developed as a passer, but I feel like Kyle Shanahan is that guy to unlock the passer in Trey Lance. Okay. Because I don't okay. think that Baltimore has an offensive mind that's capable of unlocking Lamar Jackson as a passer. So that's where I stand on that one. Okay, so running back, the running backs on the 49ers already, right? Uh, there was only... The only ball carrier who started more than eight games in 2020 was fullback Kyle Juszczyk. And he started 15 games. Snap counts by returning ball carriers. Jeff Wilson, 28% of total offensive snaps. And Raheem Mostert, only 22%. The dra- the When they drafted Trey Sermon, to me that signifies that they want to move to... that They're getting a guy who's going to be a workhorse running back. So... And we'll get to Trey Sermon a little bit later too, because I, I mean, he's my running back three in this class. Now he has moved up to me ahead of ETN. Okay, that might be bold, but that's where I'm staying with that. So I think that the Niners really like. If you look at it, like you can get their tight end uh, Kittle is going to be great for fantasy. You can draft both wide receivers at their cost for fantasy. You can take the quarterback as a late round guy. You can because of the rushing upside, and then you can take Trey Sermon, you can take Raheem Mostert, you can take a, a lot of these players, and I think they're going to work well together, and I think it's going to be a good spot for fantasy. So, how about you, Justin? No, man, I, I really like it. Uh, San Francisco, they just need to change the water up there. Um, that, too many injuries, man. It, mm-hmm. It's it hurts fantasy. Hey, if they can stay healthy, this team could be very yes, dangerous. That's, that was the only reason they they struggled so much last year, mm-hmm. I believe, is is because they you know they were always hurt. They couldn't even play in their home stadium because it was crazy fires or whatever was going on. Yeah. So, all right, for me, man, uh, the team with the best fantasy situation from the draft, it, to me, was the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Uh, their defense did not get any better in this draft, but they added a offensive weapon of Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow's old teammate. And the dude was lighting it on fire just like Justin Jefferson was at LSU, I think that, you know, with their defense not being up to par, I feel like this is going to be another um, uh, Dallas Cowboys situation that we were witnessing before Dak got hurt. So the weeks one through four last year where they were just t- torching the earth. Everybody's getting points. CD's getting 
uh, 20 points. Uh, Mari Cooper's getting 20 fantasy points. Dak's coming away with 35 fantasy points, one of the best fantasy options until he got hurt. Like, you know, even if Zeke was a top five running back, then I think that if these guys can stay healthy, if some for a miracle, because they didn't do anything on the offensive line, it can stay healthy. I think that these guys will be a really, really good offense. And I think that fantasy production is going to be outstanding. Now, I say that with a grain of salt because there's a like they didn't do much on the offensive line. And the fact of the matter is, like, if Joe Burrow can't stay upright, you can't get it to your balls. Like, this offense looks like trash if Brandon Allen's running the is behind center. Yeah. You know, it's it's trash when the backup running back is in and not Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they did draft their backup, Chris Evans, late in this draft. But we'll see how that guy does. I Super think, late. I think that, you know, he would be an interesting, you know, name to think about when you're doing these drafts, you know, especially rookie drafts coming up. Maybe a little sneak into the later, in the later rounds. Like Joe Mixon hasn't stayed healthy all the time. You know, maybe you can get Chris Evans and somehow something happens to Joe Mixon. You got yourself a starting running back. Yeah. You know, you get him in the third, fourth round, something like that in your rookie drafts. Um be somebody to to kind of keep in mind. But I really do think if the Bengals can stay healthy, I really think that we're about to witness another Dallas Cowboys offense type, and we're just going to have a lot of fantasy outlook. And I think Joe Burrow is going to be throwing for a lot of yards. I think you know they do play in a tough division, so we're going to see what happens with that. But I really do think that you know this is what we're kind of facing with. So the one thing I'll say about the Bengals is, to me – for fantasy, I agree. I agree. Their their defense is bad, which is going to be good for fantasy purposes because they're going to be trailing. They're going to be having. They're going to have to throw. Joe Mixon's going to get the PPR bump with catching passes and being on the field on third down, which they're going to be on the. They're going to have a lot of third downs because let's just face <laughs> it. I mean, their their offensive line is rough, and I think Joe Burrow is probably going to be on his back a lot, which kind of sucks, but. From a football standpoint, I know that I know that this is this whole our whole segment right here is fantasy related, right? But from a it's just something that has me irked a little bit about the Bengals. From a pure football standpoint, I think that they attacked this draft backwards. I think they should have gone offensive tackle at five and wide receiver at in the second round. Oh, for sure. These oh, are the guys sure. that were on. Th- just I want you to listen to this combination after two rounds. What would you prefer? Okay, so. Would you rather have Jamar Chase and Jackson Carmen, who is the offensive lineman they took in the second round, or Penny Sewell and Rondell Moore? Yeah, no, I would have. Right? Preferred, yeah. Rondell Moore went a couple picks after Jackson Carmen went, yeah. after they took the offensive lineman. So you can't tell me that they made a great decision. Like, this decision to draft, I mean, Chase Jamar Chase could be an elite wide receiver. I'll admit that, right? He's my wide receiver one in this class. He could be great. I could be, and and, and Carmen could be uh, an all-pro guard. I could be biting my words later on. I just feel like they attacked it backwards. Now, hey, I agree for fantasy purposes, they had a great draft. When you get Jamar Chase and you add him with T. Higgins and they didn't draft another running back of, you know, like in an early, a high draft capital running back, 
all you want is volume for fantasy. Like yeah. for fantasy purposes, you want a volume offense. And this, I believe, is about to be a very high volume offense. Yep. Because I feel like their defense is giving up a lot of points. They will be. They will be you bleeding know? points. They just gave up last year. They gave up like 30 points to Houston. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so. It has to feel bad to say that. Yeah. All right, Derek. Uh, let me know who had the worst draft in your opinion. All right. So I'm going to slam the Seattle Seahawks right now. The Seattle Seahawks had a terrible, absolutely terrible draft. Now, I get it. They only had three picks, but that's part of the problem. Okay, you only had three draft picks. And I get it. You you also traded away some of those picks to acquire Jamal Adams. I mean, that's that's worked out okay, but I mean he he did he was hurt last year too, so and I know they can't predict injury, but still, having three picks means that you have to hit on these three picks. Right, in the second round, they take wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge. Okay, his closest NFL comp by most draft experts is Deshaun Jackson. Okay, so you're telling me that the same head coach who immediately following the season was like, "I don't want to throw the ball. We need to run the ball. We need to focus on running the football. We need to." run the ball 30 to 40 times a game. Like, he was saying all these things. He didn't want to throw the ball. He has Russell Wilson, but he doesn't want to throw the ball. I don't get it. So their first pick in this year's draft was a wide receiver and a wide receiver that doesn't really complement the receivers they have on the roster already. They already extended Tyler Lockett. They dra- they still, they have DK Metcalf, who's entering his third year. Then they bring in Gerald Everett as their tight end. Yep. Like. So you have three options to throw the ball, which they're not going to throw the ball a whole lot. They'll probably throw it. I'd say it'd be a miracle if they hit 20 pass attempts per game. I think it's going to be like a Tennessee-style split. Yeah. I think is what they're going to probably go for. So why on earth are you drafting a wide receiver in the second round? Like, what kills me the most is that Russell Wilson is crying for help on the offensive line. He needs help at the offensive line position. This was the biggest need for them. When they picked Dwayne Eskridge, there was three, three day one starting offensive linemen on the board. Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma, Josh Myers out of Ohio State, and Jalen Mayfield, the offensive tackle out of Michigan. All three were on the board when they took Dwayne Eskridge. It's just a wasted pick. They added to an already crowded wide receiver room on an offense who doesn't want to run the ball. I just I I did not understand where they where they were trying to go with this pick. They only had three. They didn't take an offensive tackle until two oh eight overall. Now listen, Stone Forsyth is my guy. He played at Florida, great tackle. But to address your biggest need that late in the draft, like it's almost the end of the draft. Like yeah. it's like Pete Carroll was like, "Oh damn, I completely forgot that we need <laughs> offensive linemen." It's like he was on the clock and the time hit zero and he was auto picked. <laughs> I feel like this is what happened in Seattle's draft room. Like they just didn't realize they were on the clock because they only had three picks. Pete Carroll probably looked up with 10 seconds off and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> is it really the second? Are we really on the clock now? Yeah. I just think they 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 botched it, man. I mean, it's it's probably low hanging fruit because they only had three draft picks, but when you only when you have three draft picks, you have to hit. Yeah. And they didn't hit. They didn't address any of their needs. For so. sure, for sure. All right, yeah, man. For me, uh, my worst draft would have to be the Denver Broncos. Listen, I this is nothing against Patrick Sertan. 
This has got nothing to do with anybody that they drafted. But you have a guy in Drew Locke who has who you came out and said you had to dumb down the playbook for this quarterback. And you pass up on Justin Fields who was sitting there for you to take at nine. He was on the to, he was you on the board when you were on the clock. He did not have to you didn't have to do nothing. You you he was there. He was there for you to take. And this guy, you know, was giving Trevor Lawrence a run for his money not not too long ago. Like they were one A, one B, and this man fell for no reason. And he's sitting there at nine. And you go, I'm going to take Patrick Sertan, which the secondary to me is one of your strongest things on your team. Mm-hmm. It's not a need. Like, yes, he's probably going to be a very good cornerback. I know his dad was in the NFL, but your Justin Fields is sitting there for you to grab. What's- you have a quarterback of the, like, I get it. I understand if you're in trade talks with Aaron Rodgers, but. Realistically, Aaron Rodgers is probably not getting traded. You know, like he, I, I think he might retire more than get traded, but he's sitting there. Why are you not taking Justin Fields? I did not get, I didn't understand it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I agree that they missed completely at this, at this spot. They like Sertan, great player, absolutely great player, is going to be a great player for a long time, but you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes. If, what I'm if Justin Fields even turns out to be, if he is, if he makes a Pro Bowl at any point in the next three years, Broncos fans are going to be super upset that they passed on him. Yes, and then not even that. Their second round pick, they jumped, they traded up to get Javante Williams. Which okay, next year in 2022, this name is the name we're going to be talking about a lot. Mm-hmm. But this year, so yes, in the future, in Dynasty, yes, it's a great pick for fantasy, whatever. I'm talking about this year. I don't want any part of the Denver Broncos if this is how it's going to be. If this is the roster going into this season, I don't trust Drew Locke to get me any type of fantasy production. And then now I have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams splitting time. This is We were just talking about volume. Mm-hmm. This is nothing that I want because this, like in redrafts, this is not what I want. Dynasty, yes, I'm gonna take the value at Javante Williams. I might, you know, I might go ahead and take, you know, try to get Jerry. Judy. He, should, he should fall because of you the know, fact that he will be yeah. in a timeshare early, so you might be able to get him a couple picks later than where he should go. Yes, yes. but I, I mean, for me this year, the it's way too crowded with not enough skill set at the QB position for mm-hmm. me. I don't think yeah, there's enough me, fantasy output. To me, them not taking fields tells me that they are going to try to give Julak another chance, and that scares the hell out of me. Like, if you don't think Julak's the answer, you draft Justin Fields and you let him and Teddy battle it out. But the fact that you passed on Justin Fields, now you're gonna let Teddy and Julak battle it out? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, listen, I mean that move right there was rough. On the other hand, I. I kind of like what they did. I mean, I I agree with you that for this year, for fantasy purposes, adding Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams is not good for fantasy. Yes. But like you said, 2022, 
Melvin Gordon, unrestricted free agent. I think wide we, open I think this is a totally different Williams. output in a year. Yeah. Give it a year, and I'm going to be like, yes, Denver Broncos should be. I don't think Drew Locke should be under center. And you know what? Teddy Bridgewater, he he was okay he's in Carolina. He's competent. I think he's he, a lot better than He Drew supported Locke. three top 30 wide receivers last exactly. year. Exactly. So I think that if that's the case and Teddy's the starter, we're having a little bit of a different conversation. But yes. my biggest thing is you had Justin Fields there, too. He was in your, the palm of your like, hands. All you do is write it in. And you want Drew Locke. So I'm not going to trust Drew Locke with any of my fantasy options. Nope. If it's Teddy, we might have a little bit different conversation. Uh, in Dynasty, I would love Javante Williams. Just know that you're going to have to wait a year at least for that major production that we're expecting for Javante Williams. And I definitely think that man's going to be a beast in the NFL. Yeah. For I sure. I mean, uh, to, you know, for me, he was my running back two in this class before the draft happens, right? And I think he still is my running back two after because I just I'm super excited about the fact that Melvin Gordon's gonna be an unrestricted free agent. He's gonna have the backfield all to himself, especially if they figure out this whole Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater thing and they decide and they finally realize that neither one of them are good enough to be their starting quarterback. If in twenty twenty two they actually have a competent quarterback with the rest of this roster, Devonta Williams is gonna be easily a slam dunk second round pick in fantasy drafts. There's not many teams that I say this, but I believe wholeheartedly that Denver is literally a quarterback away from a Super Bowl. Yes. Or at least contention. <laughs> yes. Con- like contention. Yes. Like Cause it depends yeah, on the quarterback they get. Like a, a, a superstar quarterback. If Aaron Rodgers is on this team week one of this year, Super Bowl. top four team. Yeah. And I think we've already said that too. So yeah. yeah I All right, Derek, give me your favorite landing spot for fantasy out of these rookies. Okay. So I'm going to, we already, I've already mentioned him. He's my boy, Trey Sermon, the running back out of Ohio State, going to the San Francisco 49ers. 88th overall pick, started his career in Oklahoma, and transferred to, to uh, Ohio State for his final season. Okay, Out of 45 career games, Sermon re- received 15 or more carries 20 times. And in those games, he averaged 110 yards per game. Okay, he had a, he had a couple games where he had 150 yards. There was a game where he had 330 yards in the college football playoff. Like this guy is a workhorse in the making. Like he's not. Yes, if you if you really think about it, 20 out of 45 is less than 50 percent of his games were consi- like you can consider them workhorse games, right? Where he received double digit carries. But I'll take that, man. That's you. That you've we know. That he is capable of doing that, and you put him in this running offense with Trey Lance, and this—I just think his ceiling is top five running back. Oh, for if sure. If he can take this job, and Shanahan actually commits to one guy, man, I think the sky's the limit. He's six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds. He's only twenty-two years old. He ran a four-six forty, which isn't special, but to me, it's fast enough. I'll take it. Eighty-first uh, percentile burst score per. Pl- Player profiler, player profiler is a real MVP. As of now, Sermon is slated to be the only, only noteworthy running back on the roster in 2022. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and Wayne Gallman are all UFAs after this year. All three of them are gone. He's the only running back that's under contract for next year. There could be a massive overhaul in their running back room next season. Like Raheem Mostert's almost 30, and he was an undrafted. He was an undrafted. Free agent, no draft capital. 
you know, Wayne Gallman signed a one-year deal. I mean, he he played well in spelling Saquon Barkley last year, but he hasn't proven that he's a workhorse guy yet. I mean, he's shown in spurts that he could be. I'm just super excited about about uh, Trey Sermon, man. This guy is a beast, and he really exploded in against some tough competition last year in the college football playoff. Like I said, he had that 300-yard rushing game. I believe that it was against um I believe it was against Clemson. But I'm going to vet that. While I vet that Justin, who is your uh favorite right. landing spot? So, for me, my favorite landing spot, there's not many people, not many guys that come out of college and are pretty much given a workhorse role. You know, this is what we were just we've been talking about it all podcast long. We want volume. We want the opportunities. Give us opportunities. That's what we take in fantasy. Obviously, there's some good games. There's some bad games. We want opportunities. We want volume. Well, Najee Harris is about to get all the volume that this man can handle. True story. dude is a beast. He's a huge running back, 235-pound running back that runs like no other. He's, He's elite, hands down RB1 out of this draft. And this man is truly, I believe, going to get a three-down roll. I think they're about to – I know there's a huge offensive line thing, whatever, but the run, it's, it's also up to the running back. Like, you can have a really good offensive line and have a bad running back, and he looks decent. But you can have a bad running back or a bad offensive line and a great running back, and you can still run the ball. James Conner, I don't think, was just – I don't. I don't think that he fit what they were trying to do. Right. I think they're going to fix the offensive line a little bit. I know Mike Tomlin. He's a hell of a coach. He knows mm-hmm. what the hell he's doing. Yeah. He's going to give some protection, especially to Big Ben, who just came back for another year. And I, I, I'm excited to see what Najee can do. I think this dude is about to be a beast. Uh, this is hands down the number one spot. Is Najee? Is probably a stupid question, but is Najee your number one running back in this rookie class? Oh, hands down. Yes. That's a dumb question. I think it's everybody's number yeah. one running back. I mean, it's pretty. It's, it's like, pretty. It's. I think it's. I think it's low hanging fruit to say he's a number one running back because it's. It's just a slam dunk. Like, who? Like, you can't say Javante Williams is better. You can't say Etienne is better. This guy is built for the NFL and for the landing spot that he just got. This mm-hmm. is his backfield. This is now. Yeah, his he's not backfield. seeding carries to Benny Snell. No, Anthony McFarland. No, nope. get get out of here, bro. Nope. I, no, I don't care about none of those guys. Najee Harris is going to be a true uh, workhorse. Now I will back. say, I will say this: You remember Saquon Barkley's rookie year? How yeah. incredible that was! His offensive line was trash, and you know why it was trash? Because they passed on an offensive lineman and took Saquon Barkley. Right. So my comp, I mean, it's 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 probably everybody's comp for Najee Harris is either uh, to me when he runs. To me, I see Saquon. I just I just see Saquon when he runs, right? But a lot of people are saying that he kind of looks like Le'Veon Bell. But I think that's just because he was drafted by the Steelers. Yeah. He can be used in the exact same way that, oh, that they sure. used Le'Veon Bell for years. So we could be talking about a, the number one overall running back in a few years. Like, this time next year, we could be talking about, uh, who are you taking? Uh, Najee Harris or Christian McCaffrey? Yep. Like, we're not saying that this year, but... Next well, year, it could easily be But what be I am Najee saying Harris. this year is I am strongly considered, especially for redraft, expe- uh, the way that people were drafting Jonathan Taylor last year, I'm drafting Najee this year. 
Like yeah. that in the in the second round somewhere or something like that. I could definitely see people going after him. He's gonna be high in my rankings. I think he just it's volume, dude. Well, I think one I'm of the biggest thing too the, is, is that the Steelers saw that they cannot, they are not gonna be successful running that same style of offense they ran oh, last year. Sure. Like the they completely abandoned the running game and it was just a bunch of short passes the whole the whole time. And like it got them eleven wins. Or sorry, twelve wins. They won twelve games, right? Yep. They won eleven in a row. And then completely fell apart. In the playoffs, at the end of the year, you need to be able to run the football. Okay? You look at the Super Bowl champs. Okay? I'm going to talk about my Bucks for a second. Okay? <laughs> end of the year, who is the best? Who is one of the best players on the Buccaneers team? Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Why? Because we were running the football. And we had, you know, Ronald Jones a little banged up. Leonard Fournette jumped in. And he was a stud, right? You have to be able to run the ball in December and January. Okay? If the Steelers want to make another run at this. And that's what they're doing, okay? They are not rebuilding by any stretch of the imagination. If they were, they wouldn't have Big Ben. Since they have Big Ben under contract, they draft Najee Harris. They're telling us to our face that they're going to run the ball. That you don't draft Najee Harris if you're not going to use him. Oh, for First sure. round. Like, you don't do that. I think he could easily get 300 touches this year as a rookie. If oh, he yeah. stays healthy. I'm praying that he stays healthy. Yes. Stay please, healthy, Najee. Please stay if healthy, you're listening Najee. out there, buddy, stay healthy, man, because as fantasy football players, we need to have more like top running backs in our lives. Yes. Because okay? uh, running back dries out pretty thin. Very fast. And the Raiders are making sure that they take two away from us every year. Yeah. So... Freaking Raiders. Jesus. Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are, are an honorable, men- honorable mention for worst draft. Just reach after reach. I didn't even, I didn't reach even reach consider them reach. in the NFL anymore. <laughs> <laughs> John, oh you, you, uh, Derek, you guys can go. I'm, I'm not even worried about that. Um, all right, dude. Least favorite landing spot. All right, so I kind of, I, I kind of mentioned it already, but my least favorite landing spot is Dwayne Eskridge. You just look at, you look at a lot of these, pro, a lot of these guys, a lot of the wide receivers, right? Like a lot of them in the in the first round went to great landing spots, right? Jamar Chase, great landing spot. Uh, Devonta Smith, great landing spot. He's gonna be the one. Jalen Waddle, gonna be not probably not gonna be the one, but can have solid value because he's a great player. Like in Miami, it's 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 gonna be a great offense. Then you get down to like Dwayne Eskridge in the second round, and like I was saying before, Seattle completely botched this pick. He's as far as Dwayne Eskridge, actual his standalone fantasy value, it's almost zero. You're going into an offense with three established pass catchers already, a head coach that wants to run the ball 500 times in one game. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. I don't really think. And another thing too is I don't really think there's a whole lot of people that are clamoring to draft Dwayne Eskridge. But I mean, hey, there were some people, including myself, that were like, "Man, this guy." comps to like a Deshaun Jackson type like it would be awesome to have him go to a place that is going to utilize his vertical speed to take the top off the defense take some deep shots I thought the Raiders were going to draft them draft him because that's <laughs> what they do is they just draft burners but I just I just don't like the landing spot I, I, I'm not going to pl- I'm not going to pick him up anywhere I'm not taking him in dynasty he's just his value is just completely like right now if you think about dynasty as playing the stock market like he's a penny stock that ha- it's it's just zero. Like it's the the actual cost to buy a stock for Dwayne Escort should be zero point zero 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 one. Like it's not even a full cent. Like it's just it's 
I don't know. It was just a terrible landing spot for for a guy. And, and you know what? I hope that he turns into a Deshaun Jackson type and he turns into a guy that takes the top off the defense. But he's as long gotta, as he's playing in he's, Seattle. I think he's an injury away from, you know, like that. And that's what sucks is like he's going to be bearing injury. Yeah. He was not going to see the field. Yeah. The way we I mean, they, I mean, they like, just extended Tyler Lockett and they still have DK Metcalf on a rookie contract. Yeah. Like, And we all remember what Tyler Lockett did, even though he was the number 10 fantasy wide receiver last year. He was very, was very bust more down. than he was yes, boom. Absolutely. Like, I think, so, I don't remember the exact number, but there's a large percentage of his fantasy points for the entire year came in like three games. Oh, it was like 40, like 40 something percent. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you don't want that. And if Dwayne Estridge is going to turn into be a Deshaun Jackson type player, even if he hits and is really good, he's probably not going to be good for fantasy because of that. Like Deshaun Jackson in his prime was really good, right? But he was also a boomer bust guy. Like if he didn't catch a 70 yard bomb, like he's not a PPR guy. He wasn't getting 10 catches oh, for a game. Sure, yeah. And I don't ever think Dwayne Eskridge is going to get there. I just, I'm just going to say it again. It was a panic pick by the Seahawks. And I think that they are going to regret it. I mean, and I think he is not going to have the success that he probably wants to have early on. I think it's going to be a very frustrating start to his career. Well, I'm going to tell you a guy that is was frustrating when I saw the pick in on Thursday night mm-hmm. of the first round of the NFL draft. And we talk about wasted talent, and I feel like this falls perfectly within that within those limits. And the New York Giants trading out of number 11 to go to 20 because the Chicago Bears traded up to get Justin Fields, which shout out Allen Robinson. Congratulations, sir. You got yourself a QB. Woohoo. Um, taking Kadarius Tony in the first round when you have, you just went out and got Kenny Galladay, you have Sterling Shepard, you have Evan Ingram, you have Darius Slayton. Oh, and you went and you signed John Ross in the offseason, and you decide that I think my best pick and the 20th pick of the NFL draft is Kadarius Toney. I do not understand this pick. I'm still baffled by this pick. I don't understand what they were doing or how they plan on utilizing him. He's not going to be any type of fantasy relevant, which sucks because coming out of Florida, the dude was a beast. The dude, he was good, man. He was a good wide receiver. I think he had a lot of upside potential. And I think it's just wasted when you're buried in the depth chart of the New York Giants. And even if you're not buried in the depth chart, there's ways, there's way too many mouths to feed that I don't think Daniel Jones can cook. Think about some ramen in the microwave about all <laughs> that this man can cook. All right. So I don't know how he's going to feed all these mouths. Yeah. Um, so. I, I just don't understand the Kadarius Tony pick. I think that there's plenty more landing spots out there for him. I do hope he finds a way to become a stud in this uh, in the NFL, but I do not like this pick at all. First of all, how dare you? How dare you talk about Kadarius Tony in that manner? Seriously, he is a human joystick. Okay. I think that you don't like this pick because you're still mad that he broke off that long touchdown against Miami a couple years no, ago. No, absolutely not. And just absolutely 
You tell major me, team. You tell silly. me how fa- how he's gonna be fantasy relevant. Listen, I know. I'm, I'm just. I'm really just saying. <laughs> like, how how dare you talk about him in this manner? I agree that his fantasy output is probably capped as like a low end wide receiver six. You know, it's like <laughs> oh, he's, we're going deep. That's that's <laughs> as probably as low as I can actually go. Like, I don't know if anybody ranks wide receiver sevens. I don't know if that's actually a thing. <laughs> I know I don't. So. Um, but he's a talented player. Yes. And I know that you're not saying he's not a talented player. Just how dare you? Don't talk about my Florida guys like no, that. No, I'm going to talk. Anyway, I'm, I'm not talking okay, about in all talent. In all seriousness, no, I agree. The points that you made are correct. He's buried on a depth chart. He's not going to receive. He's going to be a gadget player. He's going to be a guy that they bring in to do one of two things. He's either going to play, well, sorry, one of three things. He's going to be a special teams guy, returning kicks, punts, whatever. He's going to be a decoy running those like fake jet sweep things that a lot of teams run. They run this fake jet sweep and the guy just runs and stands over in in the corner of the field. Hey mom. Right. (laughs) Or he's going to be actually used as a gadget player where he's going to get those jet sweeps. He's going to get screen passes. He's going to be, he's going to get manufactured targets but that's going to be limited because you have all those other weapons like Evan Ingram and Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton and Saquon Barkley. That's a lot of mouths to feed, like you were saying. Daniel Jones is probably not the guy who's going to be able to whip up a good meal for those guys. I think it's going to be slim pickings for Kadarius Tony. It's unfortunate. He's my guy. I love him. You know. Seriously, though, Justin, how dare you talk about him in that manner? Well, shame on you. Sorry. Sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek, we're going to uh, wrap up these draft reactions. Just give me one winner and one loser for fan- fantasy guys that were already in the NFL. So not in this draft. I want a winner and a loser from the NFL. Okay, so we're talking guys that basically either survived the draft or their fantasy value took a huge hit because of the draft. Okay. I will survive. <laughs> I'm very sad I don't have that music queued up. I'm sorry, Justin. I apologize. Come on, bro. Step up the game. Okay. So my guy, my first player that want, that is considered a winner coming out of this draft is Miles Gaskin. The gas can, man. Yes. Okay. I love so it. My guy. Number one, I think that this Miami offense is going to be pretty good. Yes, I sir. Think, now, now, when I say that, don't hear what I'm not saying. I don't think they're going to be elite because um, there's still question marks about Tua. I think this offense will go as far as Tua will take them. Absolutely. 100%. But you cannot deny how good having three elite wide receivers is going to do the effect that that's going to have on this running game. If they go all three receivers on the field at the exact same time, right? You're in 11 personnel. You got one tight end on the field, or you can even go with four. I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. But having at least those three guys on the field, Jalen Waddell, um, Will Fuller, and then Devontae Parker. Parker. You have all three of, those, three of those guys on the field at the exact same time. The defense can't load the box. You can't put seven or eight guys in the box. You have to have five or six guys in the box. And Miles Gaskin is a smaller running back. He's not a Najee Harris. He's not a he's not even Javante Williams. He's not even Travis Etienne. He's Definitely a smaller not a bruiser, guy. Yeah. He's not a bruising running back. So he needs space to operate. And, man, if you only have five or six guys in the box, I don't care how big those guys are, man. There's running lanes to be had with that kind of offense. 
and the threat of Jalen Waddle running a little bubble screen is enough to pull a defender out of the box and give Gaskin enough room to run. I think that the fact that the Dolphins did not draft a notable running back in this draft, they still only have, you know, basically like roster cloggers on their team, right? With Malcolm Brown and the other guy, Patrick Laird and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Man, there's, I just don't feel like there's any competition for him. The only hurdle he has left to get over is the Lev Bell, Todd Gurley hurdle. And I listen, if they sign either one of those players, I think Miles Gaskin is still the lead back. Those other guys may come in to just siphon some a few carries here and there away, and that's going to be annoying for fantasy managers. But, man, wheels up for Miles Gaskin. If he survives this last hurdle, and even if even if he doesn't, He's still going to be good for fantasy. But if he survives the last hurdle, it is absolutely wheels up rocket launch. Yes, sir. To the moon. Yes, sir. I'm hoping big things for Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Justin, uh, give me your winner real quick before I give my loser. Keep keep the good vibes going. This was my guy last year. Uh, I went out and got him. As my actually my uh, wide receiver one because I went with a different little strategy in our big redraft that we do, Derek. Uh, AJ Brown, man, AJ Brown just survived this draft. Mm-hmm. They did in not, a big way. Oh my god! Okay, so they didn't bring anybody but Josh Reynolds onto the field or onto the team in free agency. Uh, they went and got them, uh, what, one wide receiver in the draft? Yeah, but it wasn't and even a... it was a late-round pick. Yeah. And so he had something like 30% target share, or all close to it last year, and you lost the targets of John R. Smith and Corey Davis, gone, off the team. And it just needs to, like, I don't know, it, the amount of potential that aj brown shows is ridiculous now there are a lot of rumors about the whole julio jones to tennessee thing that happens i still think this man's about to be a beast i think he's about to be a beast i think having him having to deal with the second best cornerback on the team because they got to put the first on julio is just out of this world aj brown is a special freaking football player and i am so excited now the one thing that happens. the one thing that I kind of am a little nervous about is the fact that Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator, did move on, right? So how much does this offense change, right? They are still set up as of right now to run the same style offense of give it to Derrick Henry on first and second down, play action on third down, and you got a wide open, you know, wide open AJ Brown, right? Hmm. That's the kind of offense they were running last year. They were also getting in the ball in screen passes and quick game, and he was breaking off long runs. I just hope the offense stays the same because that means wheels up. That means yes, he's going to have a Yes, but even if year. it changes, it's going to change for the better. You're not giving Derrick Henry more touches. The, the, dude's, the dude's touching it 30, 30 times a game. Like It's not enough. <laughs> like, listen, okay, The everybody knows you're giving it to Derrick Henry. Like, yes. we get it. That's the game plan. Like, so even if the I think if it changes, it changes for the better. I think there's a little bit more passing, and just a little bit more, not not nothing crazy because it's working. Derek obviously Derek Henry is a freak. Yeah. Like, but last year was quote unquote Corey Davis's breakout year. He just got paid from New York Jets to go over there. Yeah, and then 
AJ Brown still performed. He mm-hmm. still did what he had to do. Yeah. You know, he still was a very high relevant player. And I think that this year, man, he, I can see top five wide receiver. Yeah. I, th- I think that he Absolutely. has that, that upside. And I think that there is a very, very good chance that he is a beast this year. And uh, I'm very excited to see that nobody is really contesting for all those missed opportunities. Yeah. All right. So I'll give my loser real quick. We'll give your loser after that. Okay. So I'm going to start first with Tyler Boyd. My my biggest loser of this draft, simply for the fact that they drafted Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd is a volume receiver. He's that slot guy that his value depends on targets. His production depends on targets. And if Jamar Chase is going to come in there and steal some of those away, if Joe Mixon is the new hotness at running back and he's the guy catching passes on third down, Tyler Boyd's production is going to suffer, man. I still think he's going to be good for them as from a f- pure football standpoint. But for fantasy, I'm not going to want to take Tyler Boyd. I still think he's a talented player. I still think that if an injury happens, I would be back on board with having Tyler Boyd on my team. But with the current setup right now, I'm not I'm not rushing to go draft him. I'll take him at a super discount as like my fourth or fifth wide receiver. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get him in that at that point. But if I can, I'll smash that all day. I'm just not very excited about his outlook for this season just because they have T. Higgins. They have Jamar Chase. They have, they just, they're going to be targeting those two guys because they're elite wide receivers. Oh, for and sure. How does the defense, like, they're, they're not going to be able to double team one guy and leave the other guy wide open because they're going to be running. It's just, I just feel like the volume is going to slowly start to diminish and. Barring I think he injury. Just drops down another tier. Yes. Like, I think he was that fringe. You know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, like in that category. Yeah. Probably close to the wide receiver three last year. Mm-hmm. I think now he's starting to go into that wide receiver four category. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. So, yeah. No, I do agree that but definitely a big loser. And he's, and he's, he's a guy that's going to need an injury to see more volume, you know, because yeah. he's not a supreme athlete. He's not a top tier separator. He's not a top tier speed guy. He doesn't do anything particularly. He's not an elite at any one thing. He's good at a lot of different things, yeah. but he's not a Julio Jones. He's not a A.J. Brown. He's not a Devontae Adams. He's not a Tyreek Hill type. He's not any of those guys. He's a guy that's going to get eight to ten targets a game. He's probably going to catch most of them, and that's or he that's what he that's his, that was that's what his role was. Yeah. Now, I can see it slowly starting to, to diminish, and I I hope it doesn't because the Tyler Boyd's yeah. a good player. But I mean, I mean, hey, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow can cook. But it's still yeah. a lot of mouths to feed. You yeah. Know? Maybe if the offensive line struggles, maybe Joe Burrow wants to get the ball out faster. But at the same time, like Jamar Chase played a lot of slot, played a lot in the slot when him and Joe Burrow were on that historic 2019 LSU team. Yes. So he played a lot of slot snaps in that offense. I mean, if Jamar Chase takes the slot role away from Tyler Boyd. I mean, Tyler Boyd could be off this team. Like, if that role is taken away from him, it could be off this team. So I don't, I don't think he'll ever be off the team, but I definitely know he'll be. He'll he's at least wide receiver three right. on the depth chart. And if you know, they come on a team a like fortune. that. Like, I don't, I just don't know if I want their wide receiver three. Oh no, for sure. Because at the same time, like you haven't seen Joe Burrow stay healthy all year. And I know that's not. It's not fair to knock him for that because. Yep. I mean, it's not his fault. Some dude ran straight into his ACL. But at the same time, like, I don't know if he can support three fantasy-relevant wide receivers. 
Yeah, man. And uh, my loser of the NFL draft would have to be Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I was actually really excited about him for this year. Uh, coming up, I, you know, thought that there was a lot of potential. They got rid of Philip Lindsay and, you know, he was, he was about to be up there on my rankings. He, he was going to be a yeah, workhorse. He was about to be three down back. That's it. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what we're looking for volume. And just like the good old days when I won a fantasy championship with him. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we're not going to be saying that anymore because Javante Williams just came to town off the NFL draft. And I do believe that this is about to be very close to. A 50-50 timeshare. I think it's going to develop into that. I don't think it's obviously not going to start off like that. Melvin Gordon is going to be the starter, going to get the majority of the work. But Javante Williams, I do expect big things from him. And I really do think that he's going to cut into a lot of Melvin Gordon's work. And like we said earlier this year or this podcast, it is going to be he is going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. And I just think that all of his stock is is up. I think I think it just took a plummet. Yeah, I think the fact that the the Broncos drafted Javante Williams, they traded up ahead of Miami to take Javante Williams, and in they the knew second Miami round, was about to take him. The fact that they did that tells me that they do not plan on keeping Melvin Gordon around yep. after this season. So yeah, big loser. He's going to be in a timeshare in his last year, and he's not going to have a contract after this year. So normally, it you know players in contract years try to perform at a high level so they can make money, it's very unfortunate for him because he's going to be in a timeshare with a very capable running back who can absolutely steal the job away from him. And then he's uh, he's without a job after this season unless he takes a big, like, discount to stay. Like, if, I mean, crazy world, if, if Aaron Rodgers becomes the quarterback there, I could see him taking a, a minimum contract to stay. But, I mean, that's that's even a long shot to say that, like, I mean, it's going to be tough for Aaron Rodgers to get on to get on the Broncos. But if that doesn't happen, Melvin Gordon's probably not on the team next year. Big loser. I agree. That's going to be it for us today, guys. Thank you all for listening. Please follow both of us on Twitter at pigskin underscore Jay Gonzo. That's my host, Justin. And at pigskin underscore DRock. That's me. Also follow the show at pigskin champs. We thank you all for listening. We appreciate the support. Join us next week for another Pigskin Chance Fantasy Football Podcast episode. We'll see you all next week. I'll leave you all with this. What state has the smallest drinks? Minnesota. (laughs) Y'all have a good one. We'll see you next week. (laughs)